The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the First in Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Your host, of course, Dave Sturchio, alongside Aiden Davis and Tony Catalina. Boys, I know, uh, you know, we've had some time to literally and figuratively digest. Um, you know, obviously, Thanksgiving was finally a treat for us. Uh, we got a couple days off, kick back and relax. Um, obviously, the Giants-Dallas game comes and goes. The Cowboys get the win 28-20, um, you know. Had that game gone a little differently, you know, I feel like I was a runaway. But again, there's so many things we can dissect, and I'm sure the Blogging the Boys podcast network has already done a good job of that. Of that. But Tony, what stands out to you the most in that win? Now that the Cowboys are sitting there um, with with pretty much not only just the eight and three record, um, they're eight and three, right? Before I even, yeah, okay. <laughs> like sometimes I just I'm losing track of weeks. You sure they're eight and three? Not seventh. Yeah, they're eight and three. Um, which we call so with the eight and three record, Tony. What are the one? Uh, what is what is one thing that kind of you could take away by looking at the Giants game as a whole first, and then we'll kind of wrap around the league. For me, it was kind of two part, right? I think um, after the game, you know, Minnesota, the way they played, you, you wanted them to come out and continue to play games like completely. Uh, Minnesota was one of those things where wire to wire, they they asserted dominance and showed they were the best team. Uh, they didn't come out and do that against the, the Giants, right? There's a little sluggish and kept an inferior team in the game longer than they probably should have. But if you want to talk about the positives on it, because they did win the football game, is this team of years past wouldn't have done what they did in the second half, right? They would have continued to let that game be a game, and then we'd kind of milk it out and find a way to either win or lose late. Um, they, they found a way to just be like, all right, you know, enough is enough. Uh, let's clean it up. And let's go and just be the better team. So if you want to take anything from it, they played three games in 12 days, came out of it two and one. And, and, you know, the second half is more indicative of what this team looks like. And I think that we'll see them moving forward. Aiden, so the Cowboys obviously struggled in the first half of football against the New York Giants. Was that them just like kind of coming down from this high? I mean, they beat the brakes off the Vikings the week before. So we're all expecting like not even expecting. We're all just like, hey, could this be like two weeks in a row? And all of a sudden we see them kind of sputter out. And then obviously rebound, do their halftime adjustments. You know, they did what they had to do uh, to get the game won. But in that first half of football, were you at all worried? Because I'm going to I'm gonna just straight up tell everybody that, you know, throughout the course of the week, you know, I think it was around Tuesday uh, that the, the report came out that the Giants were, like, traveling with, like, basically none of their offensive line. And, right, and, like, all of a sudden, 
Cowboys fans all over the Twitterverse and in social media are just fluffing their chests out, chests out saying, you know, game's in the bag. Here we go. We're going to beat the crap out of the Giants. You know, they don't stand a chance. Like, were you on that, like, on that side of things? Did you feel confident going in? Or, like, once you started to see the sputter, you were kind of like, oh, yeah, there they are. No, I wasn't confident at all going into the game. We talked about it in the last person 10 episode. The Cowboys have struggled on Thanksgiving. I don't think that's really a coincidence. And then you bring in the fact that they were had the throwback uniforms. That started giving me PTSD to the Broncos game last year. And, yeah, it was that general consensus of, oh, they just won this big game. Surely they'll be able to do it two weeks in a row. So I wasn't confident going into the game. What I'll say about the first half was I didn't really lose like my confidence level in the game didn't really dissipate. It was more of it was one of the most frustrating halves of football to watch because it was the Cowboys shooting themselves in the foot. It wasn't the Giants being the superior football team in the first half. It was turnovers, it was constant penalties every time they had a big play. And so it was that was just frustrating to watch. But like Tony said, they got it fixed. Callum specifically with the offense, and they, for all intents and purposes, they blew him out. Yeah, so Dak gets the turkey leg. He gets the the most valuable player of the game, but you just mentioned the turnovers. Now, I know that there's been plenty of time in between then and now to watch the film. Whose side are you on as far as these interceptions? Are we are we talking bad routes again, or are we talking these are just bad passes? Oh, I, these those interceptions were on Dak. Okay. At least in the Giants game. and. Yeah, horrible half of football from Dak. Perfect second half. So it was just story yeah. two halves. All right. Well, again, the Cowboys get the win. That's the big uh, the big part of this equation. Now, around the NFL this week and week 12 in particular, we saw the Washington Commanders get themselves right back in the swing of things. Um, they're sitting there at 7-5, and five and, and before you know it, you blink, and, and they're a half game behind the Giants. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. And then on top of that, I'm not sure about when, but I know the Washington Commanders, play the Giants in a span of two times in three weeks or something like that. I don't know. if Does that start next week, Tony? I have to double check, but I know you're right, and I think it's, it is it is close, yeah. Starts, yeah, so the Giants' next three games are Washington, Philadelphia, Washington. Fun times. All mm. right. When the hell does Washington get their bye week? Is that like one of those late 14, like week 14 buys or something? Because I feel like, I, I don't know why. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they have week a game. Week 14. Yeah, week fourteen. Yeah, yeah so for Washington, it goes Giants by week. Giants, so they play the yeah. Giants. Yeah, so that that's basically the season, or at least the seedings purposes uh, for the Washington Commanders and the Giants. I mean, like you would think, even if they split, right, that gives that those teams either a the Washington a sixth loss and the Giants a fifth loss. And if the Cowboys, I mean, looking at their schedule, yeah, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. But Tony, is it hard not to look? to like Christmas Eve at this point, because it's just like, I, I understand we're not supposed to do that. And I hate doing that myself, but like you got the Colts. It's officially Colts week. They don't flex the game out. So all of a sudden it's a primetime game in Dallas next week, which by the way, that's horrible for this podcast. Uh, by, <laughs> what? By the way, if I'm going to be going to the game. So if anybody, any listener is going to the game, hit me up. Give me a there it is. All right. So we have one correspondent there who's out on the podcast now that I actually have to stay up and actually do this thing with Tony. So the East Coast boys are going to have to be up at 11, 30, 12 o'clock in the morning to do that stuff. But anyway, I digress with that. Hopefully it'll be in a good mood. So that'll be even better. But Tony, you got the Colts coming up. We'll break down the Colts in a minute. But then the Colts and then it's the Texans who can't get out of their own way. Like, yeah, they came back a little bit on Miami today. But again, it was just like a formality at this point. Miami took out Tua with like a quarter of uh, football to go 
and they went three out, three and out a bunch of times, giving them the second life. And then the Jaguars, who actually showed some brass. Um, uh, Doug Peterson went for two. He called the old Jaggy Jaggy instead of Philly Philly, and he got himself a two-point conversion win. So the Jaguars all of a sudden are riding the high, but we don't take them on until uh, another couple weeks. It, it goes the Colts. Um, the, what you call it? the Colts, the Texans, and then the Jaguars, and obviously then the Thursday night football game against the Tex- uh, the Titans. No, and then the Titans after that? I'm like losing track of games here. I'm pretty it's, sure. It's, it, yeah, it's Then it's Eagles, Titans. Then, then the Titans, right? Then Washington. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, in any event. So, Tony, is it hard not to look ahead that far, considering the fact of what we've seen, the products on the field, the culture – holding on for dear life with Jeff Saturday as their coach. Then you got the the Texans who are literally competing to be the number one overall pick next year. And then it's the uh, the Jaguars who are probably one of the more inconsistent teams in football. Is it hard not to think about Christmas Eve already? Yeah, I mean, I I think if we're going to shoot you straight on this podcast. I think um, anything short of 11-3 and three come Christmas Eve would be a disappointment, right? If, you know, we're going to take every single game for what it is and they're going to have to go out there and fight because – we see a team with their back against the wall with nothing to lose. They're dangerous. Jaguars going for two. They, I mean, they don't care. They win or lose. It's another loss. Who cares? Mm. So when a team, when you play against a team that is, like I said, got nothing to lose, it makes things a little dicier. You you got to be on your P's and Q's a little bit better. But make no mistake about it, the Cowboys are going to be favored largely in all three of these games, or should be. And um, you know, you don't want to look ahead, like you said. But yeah, Christmas Eve, we should we should be going in that roll into that matchup eleven and three with pretty much everything in front of us. Aiden, you, you look at the Cowboys schedule like we were just talking about, and obviously as we record this, it is 8-20 on the East Coast. The Packers and the, and the Eagles are about to kick off, so we don't know the result of that game. But twofold, if the Eagles just take care of the Packers, right, this is the one game on the on the Eagles schedule you would think, okay, maybe they trip up here. If they don't trip up here, it's like, all right, are we just settling for the fact that we're going to be the five seed and then we'll just we'll get to go on the road against a, a much lesser team come playoff time? Is that kind of where your mentality is going? Because, again, in that same breath, twofold question, if the Eagles were to trip up here at home, then all of a sudden the division title is is up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, this game tonight is big. I do think the Packers have a legitimate shot at this one. I know the Vegas line wouldn't suggest it. I do think the Packers have a shot tonight, but I am looking forward to next week, week 13. The Titans play the Eagles, and that is at, that's a home game for the Eagles. But Titans are rolling now under Mike Vrabel. So, I mean, in terms of the game that I think the Eagles are most likely to slip up between now and Christmas Eve, it will be, it would be that week 13 game against the Titans. But, I mean, yeah, this Christmas Eve game. Assuming everything goes according to plan, Cowboys win the next three, Eagles possibly drop one. I mean, it's you're fighting for the division at that point. Well, just I, everybody's talking about it. So if anybody hasn't heard this, if the Eagles lose any game and the Cowboys continue to win, look, the Cowboys can completely control the destiny, you know, with the Eagles matchup. So Eagles need to drop one game before even, us. Even with a loss? So, no, I mean, we have to do our job. You know what I mean? No, I'm saying, keep... but if they win and they wind up tie, is it the division record right away? Yeah, right, and that's kind of favors us? I think, so we have to beat them. I don't know if that was the question you're asking, but we would, they have to lose and we have to beat them. But the, first, the, for this to even matter, they have to lose once before we play them. No, but I'm saying, yeah, I, I agree with that. But I'm saying, like, once that Christmas Eve comes, just say they're a game up on us going into mm-hmm. that game, right? If we're 11-3 and three and they're sitting there at te- uh, 12 and Two, whatever the hell the case yeah. is. So yep. they would, a win there would still control the Dallas destiny, considering mm-hmm. they would split the season series. Yep, exactly. Oh, nice. Well, well 
Because then it goes to the division record and the Eagles dropped one of the commanders. Yes. Okay. So there we have, go. yeah, we have that tiebreaker. We'll have to see it. I'll have to see it. All right, good. So without getting too far ahead of ourselves, we do have the Indianapolis Colts coming up and we're going to kind of kick off Indianapolis Colts week considering week 12 will be, you know, kind of here and there. They're actually playing as you're listening to this. They're playing tonight. So they're playing the Monday night football game, which is again, Horrible for this podcast as far as timing is concerned because we don't know what kind of team they're going to be coming into this game. Technically, all by albeit a short week, quote, you know, I, I never really understood if you play on Sunday and one day's rest, one day's difference. I don't think it's that big a deal, but it will be a short week on the road. Jeff Saturday. What are the things, Tony, that you look at the Colts team being as scrappy as they are? They go back to Matt Ryan. That is one thing. That is one matchup. Now, the Colts offensive line, and I know I'm like kind of talking over myself before I can even let you give it a shot here. But what I'm saying is the Colts offensive line was paid. They're they're built around that offensive line. They have not showed out in, in quite some time. Jonathan Taylor starts to get going a little bit, which is great uh, for them. But now, is that the one concern you have is the running game again? Because, look, Saquon came into Dallas. We took care of business when it came to, uh, you know, come to the running game. And the Giants had a mobile quarterback in Daniel Jones, which we also took care of. Now you come in with a legitimate fossil statue of Matt Ryan. So how's it, how, do, how do you feel about the running game? Yeah, and uh, before I get on to that, I just want to touch on the uniqueness of the schedule situation, right? They go one day less because they're going from Monday night to Sunday night. We, we hadn't played since Thursday. So they're going to be on, what, five, six days rest, and we're going to have 10? So it's complete advantage schedule-wise for the Cowboys. At home. Um, at home. I mean, yeah. So, like, as far as that goes, it couldn't have worked out any better for this Cowboys team. To speak about the personnel specifically, uh, Jonathan Taylor is a running back that could get it going. Like you said, he's had some games. He's got hot. But I do think, and I think we've seen it, and, you know, I think the numbers would back that up. When there's a mobile quarterback and a dynamic of a, key, a QB keeping it, it's been harder for this Cowboys team to stop the run. So, like you said, with a, with a fossil, with a statue back there, uh, it's easier for Demarcus Lawrence to crash down and, and you know, focus on Jonathan Taylor. If Matt Ryan isn't going to pull that, and if he did, it might, you know, freeze over in hell. So, um, one of those situations where they got some playmakers, right? Michael Pittman, we talked about it earlier about some of these teams. When they got nothing to lose, they're out there. It's Jeff Saturday. He's going to just wheel it. He knows he, he don't know what's going to happen after this year. So, there's different challenges with different teams. But, you know, like I said, not to fumble over myself, uh, th there's nothing that this team presents that the Cowboys shouldn't be able to handle, especially with, uh, with an extended rest between it. Aiden, you feeling the same way as far as the fact that uh, matchup-wise, Jeff Saturday, a very, you know, Tony just alluded to it and said, like, you know, he doesn't know where he's going to be next year. He's going to be back in Bristol, Connecticut on ESPN next year. There's no way that the Colts are all of a sudden like, you know what? We got him. Here's the guy. You know what I mean? Like, no experience, none of that crap. It's just not going to happen. So, yes, he is the trigger-happy, you know, coach that we kind of don't want to see. I mean, me personally, I don't like it. I don't like the fact that we're going against a guy who's just going to be like, yeah, watch this annexation of Puerto Rico. We're about to run on you guys, and all of a sudden we're just going to be having our heads spinning. But overall, Aiden, going into a Colts game, Sunday Night Football, Dallas home, never had a travel, Colts coming off a short week. Is there anything that trips you up about the Colts right now? My concern would be a slow start from the Cowboys like we saw last week because if you start slow, then you, you let the Colts start establishing the run. Jonathan Taylor – it hasn't been the greatest season. I still think he's the best running back in the NFL. I mean, you've let Jonathan Taylor get going, and and then the, for the entire second half, the Colts have the entire playbook open to just keep – Jeff Saturday would love to do this, just keep running it down the Cowboys' throats. Now, with that said, the exact opposite is true, where if the Cowboys get up to an early lead, you completely eliminate Jonathan Taylor from the playbook, and then you've just taken away 
their only offensive weapon outside of Michael Pittman. So I'm just, I'm not too concerned. I, if what happened on next Sunday, if, sorry, if what happened last Thanksgiving happens next Sunday, that's where I'd be concerned because I think Jonathan Taylor is a better running back than Saquon and can take more, more advantage of that open playbook. But that'd be the only thing that tripped me up about next Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you would assume that going into this game, I don't know the bets makers or what they're going to do. Like I said, you have to wait to see what they do against the Steelers. If they come out of there unscathed as far as the health department, you would have to assume Dallas is absolute double-digit favorites coming into this game. So all signs point to Dallas continuing to roll in their season, and that kind of is the trend going into the back stretch of this season. Now, we'll kind of make our pick uh, for this game a little later on. Um. I don't know what I'm doing. 9 p.m. 9 point right now. Oh, 9 point. All right. Sorry. You can just say it over the air because now I get confused. I'm like, what is it? All right. So 9 point, according to uh, our, our back office here, just chimed in and said our producers here at the uh, first to 10 podcast just chimed in and said the 9 o'clock, uh, 9 o'clock, 9 point favorites are the Dallas Cowboys. So you would assume it stays around there, possibly moves up to 10. Uh, we'll see. Maybe even goes down with all the money that comes in uh, as I. We record this. Uh, the Eagles are driving right down the field like it's no big deal. Um, it is just the Jalen Hurts show all of a sudden. But anyway, I digress with that. Don't care about that right now. Only focus on what we can control. Now, what the Cowboys cannot control. And like I said, we'll wrap up with our picks. But just a segment we got to talk about just because of the fact that, you know, what else is new? There is news, ladies and gentlemen, of the Odell Beckham saga. And it comes out uh, today um, that he was a, a quote, kicked off a flight or I'll use air quotes with that because of all the stuff that you've read, his lawyer came out and and you know what? And it's funny because I did read RJ in the slack. He's like, Hey guys, tread lightly. You know, you don't want to say too many things because you just don't know. And that's the truth when it comes to journalism and stuff, you really don't want to be that guy to be like, Oh, I swear to God, he he punched that guy. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to be that dude to just kind of make up stuff. But Tony, is this going to hurt Beckham's bank? Is this going to hurt just this little, just bit of itty bitty tiny news? Is this, does this work into the favor of all the teams that are in on Odell Beckham Jr.? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it'll do much. I think it's, it's story. It's fodder. It's Odell Beckham. If that was me, <laughs> nobody would care, you know? So it's Damn one of those just put your on, Tony. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I mean, it's news is relevant because who he is and the situation and he's already in the news, but um, yeah, I don't think it's too, too much of a big deal. I think this will come and go and, uh, and we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. I still want him to be a cowboy. So we'll see how that happens. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we'll follow that up then. Follow that up with a question of, of really what I really want to talk about 
is the likelihood of him landing in Dallas. Now, of course, Schefter comes out there. A couple of guys say out there's there's an executive out there. Again, nobody knows how to grow a pair of balls and actually just say, hey, listen, I talked to his brother or something. You know what I mean? Like, just I talked to somebody in the know. Like, it's always some mystery source. But uh, supposedly, the quote is, it'll be Dallas or it's looking like Dallas. And if you go bet on the odds over at, you know, in Vegas, Dallas are the favorite. What's it going to take, Tony? What are you willing to spend? And do you really think this whole thing is worth it? Now, to, I'll obviously give you my answer after you give you uh, give me yours. But overall, what's it going to take to get Odell Beckham Jr. in Dallas? How much are you willing to spend? And at what point is the best case scenario, meaning when this dude is on the field? Because according to what I've heard, it's now just about football shape. You know what I mean? Now, like he's been cleared by his doctors to get back in there and get going. What's your overall look outlook on this Odell Beckham stuff? Yeah, as far as the money thing goes with the Cowboys, probably more than any team, that's going to be the number one thing, right? And what you got to understand is, you know, there's talks of him wanting $20 million a year. Well, you know, if, if he's a rental and it's a short-term deal, it's going to be prorated anyway. So, you know, you, what that is dollars and cents wise, I think the Cowboys could, could you know, stand it. If they're going to get into conversations, they're, they're okay with the money, right? I think that if the Cowboys even got this far, they feel like they can get in the ballpark of the dollar range because I've never seen Jerry Jones, you know, Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, every single person just say they're all in. I mean, obviously there's conversations in, of saying that this money is going to be able to work, right? So we'll see how that shakes out. As far as the football player and the guy on the field, you know, when you're clear from ACL, we saw, we saw Michael Gallup, he's alluded to it a couple of times. It's a mental hurdle. I think what helps Odell Beckham is the fact that he's been through it before. You know what I mean? So he understands he can read and respond to his body. Um, I don't know how long it will take him to get right. Um, you know, I, I put a tweet out earlier today as we record this on Sunday. You know, if if he's indecisive and he doesn't sign for another two or three weeks, you still got three or so weeks to get him acclimated before the playoffs. So if his fourth game in a Cowboys, you know, uniform is a is a wild card playoff game, I'm okay with that. I mean, realistically, and what this is what people keep saying or not understanding is everyone keeps comparing it to the Mari Cooper situation. Mari Cooper's gone, right? This is just upgrading Noah Brown. This is just adding an accent to Gallup and, and having somebody here to help with CD Lamb. Like, I know he wants a multi-year deal. A multi-year deal, maybe two, you know, and maybe three with an out. This is going to be a, an incentive-laid contract. You know Jerry Jones isn't going to give him flat-out money. It, like you said, Vegas, everybody else believes he, we're the odds-on favorite that he's going to come here. And I agree because if you look across the board, the Cowboys are the best situation, the most comfortable situation. And as far as it goes, um, you know, it, you're, it's right on the money. The Cowboys have to be in the conversation. I think Odell eventually ends up here. Aiden, uh <clears throat> Von Miller goes down the other day in the Buffalo game. Odell tweets out, you know, get rid of turf. You know, please, for the love of God, get rid of this field turf. Doesn't that take out the Giants in this equation? I understand they're moving away from turf in 2023, but you still got home games left in New York. Doesn't that kind of eliminate the Giants as a contender here? And he wants to go win and win right now. Are all signs pointing to Dallas in your opinion as well? Oh, I yeah, I think. Vegas has it right, and I think I'm taking Adam Schefter's tweet with a grain of salt just because I've never been in the situation where there's been a sweepstakes and the Cowboys have repeatedly been named as the top name in that conversation that, like through this far, this point in the free agency process. What I'll say is that I'm a little bit skeptical of adding OBJ to a multi-year deal. I think just from my perspective, he's an aging receiver. The way that he played on the Rams wasn't 
He was good on the Rams. He was more of the big body touchdown guy. He wasn't going to break off an 80-yard touchdown. And so I'm just worried about adding signing him to a multi-year deal because then you're kind of pigeonholing him to pigeonholing OBJ into being the guy and like the third receiver when I think for a third receiver we need to be looking a little bit younger considering Gallup and CD like what about the idea match, match all their timelines yeah I That's mean but what about sense. the idea that let's just say it it takes two years to get him or let's just arbitrarily say three Gallup just signed CD's still on I think believe year three of a five right so you're looking at another two even if they franchise him right first round pick he gets that tender or whatever that fifth year option you're looking at this unit for maybe two years together doesn't that kind of make you it's a little intriguing considering the fact that even tony just alluded to it it is absolutely a noah brown fix right now and i'm not saying noah brown has been bad when cooper rush was in there noah brown was one of that guys you know what i'm saying he was one of those guys that you could yeah. rely on but now you're looking at this this you know this this team and when you know if CD takes a blow or or Gallup's off the field, you, it's almost as if you you kind of know that there's not going to be a pass in the in the equation here. And while I understand that the the tight ends are playing out of this world, I think all four of them have played a significant role on this team, and I think that's great. But don't you think that like the idea of having these guys in in like training camp next year together, all three of them, doesn't that make us like you know who the hell is going to stop us? That's almost more of the reason that I'd want them to add a younger receiver right now because they'd have two years to train and learn under CD and Gallup. And so after the after CD's contract ends, we'll resign him. But then Michael Gallup's contract ends again. And at that point, what are you willing to invest in your wide receiver room? Specifically, how much is Steven willing to invest in the wide receiver room? So I do think you have to look young somewhat soon. And learning under CD and Gallup seems like a pretty cool gig to me if we can start focusing on that after this season you know i think it's an oversimplification for me to say this but odell beckham wouldn't be in the conversation if jalen tolbert was able to give us anything if james washington wasn't hurt right so if any of those guys are even productive even a little bit to give us a fourth wide receiver option like this probably isn't a conversation because we've seen them say we like our guys. If James Washington was putting out Noah Brown numbers and Noah Brown was the fourth receiver or Jalen Tolbert was able to line up on sides, like there's there's things that you would be like, okay, we don't need Odell Beckham, but they clearly see that this team is very close to being championship caliber. They may already think it is. They just want that one more piece in on Jerry Judy, you know, in on all these other guys that they want. And now it's like, okay, Odell Beckham is this guy. Uh, I think they're very real and honest with themselves with this roster because we've heard it so many times. Like, they're cool. We're fine with what we have. In this case, they want one more. And I think, um, you know, th they're not thinking about the future because they already covered that and they take care of that day to day. Now they're thinking about the right now, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I want, like, specifically for this year, I'm not arguing that OB OBJ would be a great addition. I would be, like Tony said, I'd be willing to give every single cent that we have left in free agency to get OBJ for this year. It's just like that two, three years down the road, that'd be a little bit concerning. I just, that's where I'd prefer to then start over in the off season and look at like, like we did this year, look at a guy like Judy, look at Elijah Moore, see what the deal is with that. I mean, just based off of the, what I've watched today and I watched the NFL as a whole, just like you guys have. And I'm sitting around, I'm like, man, you know, you know, I, I know anybody who follows me on, on Twitter. Uh, throughout the course of uh, of a Dallas Cowboy football game can only know that, you know, that maybe that they have to check if I'm on any kind of medication or anything like that because it does get a little crazy 
um, as the Eagles go up 14 nothing after an Aaron Rodgers pick. <laughs> so it's just like, all right, we'll talk about the division title race maybe next week. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I, was- I'd like I'd like to amend my statement at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> where I said the Packers might keep this close. Never mind. It's a runaway on Sunday Night Football. But anyway, um, what I was watching there on on football, when I watch the Cowboys, I'm very overcritical. I'm very, you know, high uh, high critique of this team, and I and I expect a certain thing. And if they don't deliver it, I get upset. But I'm watching the NFL today, man, and there are a lot of dog crap teams out there, man. There is a lot of football. For a little while, there was like six games at one point. They're all tied at ten. <laughs> it's like there was no offense there was no and you can't even chalk it up to good defense it was just like the offense is just just stunk and i'm like man and i looked i looked at my dad i'm like if there's any year any year that a team like the cowboys are sitting there at eight and three and i understand the eagles are in front of them and i understand the minnesota vikings who you know have the better record for now um would would stand as the as the two and then dallas would slip to the five whatever the case might be it's like why not us right now? And I'm like, this this team, you add an Odell Beckham Jr. to this team, and, and the, the same thing I've been saying for, for weeks now, and it's not about how many balls are thrown his way. It's simply about the defenses that have to pay respect to this guy. They have to line up over him. They have to put a safety on him. They have to do these things where if he wants to blow the cover off an offense, you know, you have to just assume that it can happen. So, like, to see it all develop uh, with an OBJ in the locker room, and again, Let's omit this little hiccup today in the media because, again, it's probably nothing turned into something because of who he is. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like if it was us three, they would just kick us off the plane, put us in cuffs, <laughs> and throw us in the freaking wagon. Um, but it's it's OBJ, and I'm sure he was just, again, sleeping, in and out of sleep, whatever the case may be. Whatever he was on, <laughs> it was probably really good stuff to get through a flight. That's all I'm saying. And, like, it is what it is. But Having him in the locker room, I think, just based off of everybody that's been politicking for this guy, I feel like this is the move the Cowboys absolutely have to, have to, have to make for the sole purpose of just opening up this offense a little more. And I can't be alone in in thinking that way. I know you guys have already kind of alluded, saying you want him. You know, is there a downside, Tony, to having OBJ on this team right now besides the financial stuff It's if it's a multi-year deal? I personally don't see it. I mean, I, I see a lot of people that the are detracting on Odell coming in here talking about locker room presence and, and being a negative light. That 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 to me says you're not confident in what this locker room has for personalities, right? I believe in Dak Prescott. I believe in the core of this team, Demarcus Lawrence. Like th- those are guys that to me are set and confident in who they are. If Odell Beckham comes in here and he's you know he's got this you know aura or it's just a negative mesh, I have absolutely zero doubts that dudes will put him in his place. You know what I mean? So it's and I don't even. Think Think that's who Odell Beckham is because if you look at it, that's a whole it's a media driven situation that Odell is this like unliked guy or whatever. Like his teammates love him, right? I mean, this dude is in Buffalo, he's in LA, he's everywhere. Everyone's trying to get him to come there. Like Von Miller, all these people want him to play with them. If he was so bad and such a bad teammate, like I just don't see it. I mean, I, I, I just don't see the negative, right? It, it's purely to me a football move, right? Because the locker room, I'm confident in what they have in there. And if, if, if he can help you physically on the field, then pull the trigger. Yeah, I'm with it too. Uh, we'll see what happens, obviously, uh, with the Cowboys. Now, my only question is this. Why the fifth? Why are the Cowboys waiting an entirely another week before they bring them in for a conversation? I know the Giants are bringing them in this week. Why are we waiting until why isn't this a Monday meeting tomorrow? Like what what's the holdup? I think he's going to Buffalo too. 
So I think maybe I think, that's where he was trying to go on the flight. Yeah, <laughs> been, maybe got a little canceled. So thank you to the flight attendant. <laughs> we'll <laughs> that. No, uh, but fine. But even if, like, I feel like if the Cowboys were serious, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they say like, I mean, maybe maybe I'm like looking too far into this. Maybe the Cowboys have to just get their minds right and get focused on Indy and not worry about bringing in anybody else. But again. It's it's a turnaround right away after Indianapolis. You got another game on Sunday. You know what I mean. So it's just like if any time was to be the time, wouldn't you think, Aiden? Would it be like a, the short bye week? Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm kind of in Tony's camp of flying out to Philly, then flying to Buffalo, and then flying all the way back to Texas. Like that by Friday, Saturday, you can't really book a meeting for Friday or Saturday because at that point you are fully in game mode and you don't want to be worrying about a free agent during those days. So it has to be at the beginning of the week. I would assume it's just how the schedule, I'm not worried about the fact that we're waiting this long. And I think if we had our druthers, it would have been on Monday. Like we were kept hearing during the broadcast of the Thanksgiving game. So I'm, I just think it's the way the schedule worked you don't out. Think, you don't think there's any did. risk. You don't think there's any risk, Tony? I'll throw this to you. Actually, you don't think there's any risk the fact that he's going to be in two buildings and like sometimes these these uh, these organizations have that mentality like don't let him leave without a contract type deal. Is part of it, right? But I I don't know. I'm sure you guys caught it. So this is probably for the audience more than you guys. Jerry Jones and him had a a, a video conference phone call um, on Thanksgiving. So they spoke on the phone. It wasn't like Jerry's oh, going. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So he had a FaceTime with them, and they had a conversation on Thanksgiving. Like, I don't think Jerry does anything that isn't with purpose. He calls them. He's like, I'm taking away time from my family to speak to you. That's how important you are. Um, and I think Jerry Jones, you know, like the old oil salesman, go look out there. Go see what they got, and then come over to here, and we'll get you right. You know, we'll get you right price-wise. We'll get you fit-wise. Go see out there so you don't feel robbed of it because if you come here first, you're not going to leave. So I think that's just Jerry being confident and understanding that he could get Odell if he's in there he can get him to not leave and one benefit of getting OBJ in late is the fact that if he goes to New York if he goes to Buffalo and then comes to Dallas and is like okay Dallas is a place where I want to sign he'll leave the building with a contract like I don't he's not going to leave his meeting as hard as they'll try I don't think he's going to leave his meeting in New York or Buffalo having signed a contract I think he's testing the waters so that, yeah, when you come to Dallas, you're leaving with $20 million in cash or whatever. All right. All right. Well, that'll settle the old OBJ stuff. So last question on OBJ. The rule is in the NFL, I don't think I don't think you could change your number midseason. If he comes over to Dallas, Tony, what number is he wearing? Oof. <laughs> um, I honestly don't know. It, it might be in the 80s, and he'll probably hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden, you have a shot. Oh, touchdown Green Bay, by the way. We're not dead yet, folks. Touchdown Green Bay. And that was Mr. A.J. Dillon. So that, that works out nice. Um, but go ahead, uh, Aiden, what numbers are you wearing? Do we have a 12 on the? I'm just thinking of numbers close to 3 or 13. He Do we better have a, nowhere near touch Rogers. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, okay. No 12, no we, 8. We, 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 have, we, have a, we have a 14 already. Do we have a 15? Do we have a 14? Who's 14? Oh, Cox, 14 is no. Jabril Cox. Yeah, Jabril Cox yeah. is 14. Cox, yeah, okay. 15 yeah. is Will Greer. Yeah, so all these numbers are sapped up. Any of these single-digit numbers are... Yeah, but if Will Greer gets sent down... Practice for the guys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He still needs a number. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm saying, like, coming back at like, a second call-up. If they call him up again, that's when they can give him a different number. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that works. I I, th- I always just envision him stripping in the three off of Aaron, Anthony Brown's back. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> should. He absolutely should. But I, I know... That, 
it's just a rule, right? Right? Can you imagine just like mugs him in the, in the locker room? Like, I'm gonna need that. They just um, they tried jerseys before every game, so OBJ's right. jersey says Brown what? on the back. Have a, I'm just trying to think of single digits at this point. Do we have a five? I almost said four, like a real short. yeah. Anger is five. Anger is five. I almost six, said, do we have six a four? Dono? Six is Dono. Six is Dono. Six is Dono. Seven is seven. Digs. Oh, duh. hello, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, nine, nine Eight is sacred. Urban. Nine Turpin. Oh, man. Ten would be Cooper Rush. Eleven. Micah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Why am I? <laughs> you look at these linebackers and you're like, I'm thinking 50s, 90s. You know what I mean? And like, here I am. Wow. I'm so sorry. Micah, if you listen, which I'm sure you definitely do. Uh, my apologies, big man. Um, but anyway, 13. So I think it's Gallup. Oh, Gallup. Gallup. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. So I'm just now I'm just sounding foolish uh, as if I don't know the team in and out. Like 14, you already said, is um is Cox. Cox 15 yeah. is Greer. 16, I feel like 16 might be a winner. Yeah, maybe. I, think. I don't know. This I know be- we're going to probably forget and be like, oh, we're so dumb. But I'm 17, you can't. It's, it's dedicated to Jason Garrett. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even Quincy Carter at that point. Um, 16, 17, 18. Do you know, for you know, it's funny, like side conversation. Um, my dad had... <laughs> He mentioned he was talking about obviously he was talking about um wow I'm just like drawing black who the hell's the kicker the, the, Maher Fred Maher he was talking about Maher but he actually said Bueller like he actually was like <laughs> I was like Dad are you so scarred that like you think about these these awful kickers that we've had yeah sure he can he can kick the seventy yarder but that's really it sixteen's available sixteen is available okay yep. let's see if there's any uh, trepidation on sixteen oh, is there anybody seventeen are you looking at like, players guy? What if we go to like 83? Do we have an 83? I think James it seems Washington's like... 83. Oh, he only he doesn't have a roster spot. Yeah, James Washington 83. So 82, but that's Witten. Um 88 is CD. Yeah. So he really has like 16 or like in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. So number 16, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, because otherwise it's not gonna happen. All right, Aiden, real quick before we get out of here. Are we beating the Colts? Yeah, I think we're beating the Colts by – I'm going to go bold here. I'm going to say we beat the Colts by 23 points. What? No. <laughs> hey, we beat the Vikings by 38. I'm aware. I just after, this, after seeing that Giants game, I'm just like I'm, I'm very feeling trepidatious here. Trepidatious. No. Timid. Big win and prediction, Micah Parsons pick six, his Ooh. first interception of his career. Okay. All right. Uh Tony, we taking care of the Colts? I think we are. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna hit the thirty point threshold like we seem to do with Dak in the lineup. So, I, but I'm a little more modest. I still think two uh, two scores, thirty one seventeen. I just think it's. I don't know. I always pick the clean numbers. I think they'll get a touchdown early. They'll kick a field goal and then they'll get like a garbage one late to kind of make it tight. Actually, I have it written down right here, thirty to seventeen, Dallas. So mm. I, I'm right there with you, Tony. I think that. A 13-point win, 14-point win, two scores at, at the very least should be the recipe. Hopefully, they get off to a hot start. Obviously, if you guys want to tune into the rest of this Blogging the Boys podcast network throughout the week, we'll be previewing the Colts as we go. Um, but, yeah, so that's that. So the OBJ watch is on. Uh, the rest of this Sunday Night Football watch is on. Is By the way, uh, Philadelphia missed the second extra point. So the score is actually 13-7 as we record this at 8.50 at night. So um, we'll see how this plays out. So if the Eagles win, you know, we'll be sitting here rooting hard for the Titans next week. But if the Eagles lose, all of a sudden you're looking at the Cowboys are going to be breathing right down their throats heading into next week. So for Dave Starcho, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis, this has been another episode of the First and Ten podcast right here 
on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. The next time you hear from us, it'll be very, very late, early, early, early morning on Monday, uh, where I guess me and Tony will take over uh, as as, uh, fellow Paisans to hopefully recap another win. See you guys next week.